can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and sometimes not so favorite movies and TV shows. My name is Howie, and I'm the senior editor at IsolatedNation.com. Today, I'll be teaming up with Reese. I like that. <laughs> well, you know, this has been a bit later than I would have liked for us to talk about the Defenders, but later we'll also talk about the recently released Punisher trailer with that bitch and Metallica song in it. That was very cool. So well, today we're talking about Marvel's, the Netflix's, Disney's, The Defenders. You four. The devil of hell's kitchen. The smart ass detective. We got a problem? The righteous ex-con. My bad. And the kid with a glowing fist. Yes, I want you to be. For New York is here. It's enemy. So get your shit together. The Marvel, Netflix, Disney joint. Theoretically, the thing that all these individual shows, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, theoretically, they've been building up to this sort of massive team up. Yeah, this is their version of the the Avengers. Yeah, I guess. the street level heroes, and I just want to get into like a brief reaction, sort of right away, and then we can discuss it in more detail. But I sort of had like an interesting reaction to this show, in which, say for something like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, which are the lower tier Marvel Netflix shows, I could immediately like identify the problems. You know, whether with Luke Cage it was just the complete lack of focus. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just a lack of focus. Yeah. Like, that really infected everything. Like Everything else was fine, but it, that really kind of killed the second half in particular. Definitely. And then Iron Fist, in which the problem is every single thing. Everything. Except for uh, the appearance of Claire. Claire and Colleen Wing sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. She doesn't fare well in, in The Defenders. No, she's actually worse in The <laughs> yeah, Defenders than in Iron is. Fist, which is weird. Yeah. But um, anyway, with The Defenders, finished it, and I was like, I really enjoyed watching that. Like I had a great time even like is I could spot the little problems, but why is it evaporating out of my head so quickly? Mm. That's what it felt like. It felt yeah. very lightweight, and I was thinking, what is going on? Like I can't even figure this out. So I rewatched some episodes, and I got like a sort of a better handle on the plot and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And the problem really is is putting the hand as the main antagonist of the season. Definitely down to the center, they are not good antagonists. I don't want to say they're boring or uninteresting because there are certain elements to it, particularly with Sigourney Weaver's performance and Electra that I really liked. And even one of the fingers, because, you know, this season introduces us to five faces to the hand, yeah. which we haven't really seen yet. There was this one guy who was like a Japanese hunter guy. Yeah. Didn't really do anything, but I found him really compelling. I really liked watching him. I thought he was very cool. And Sigourney Weaver too. But it's just that... They weren't credible antagonists. There was no. a, there was this real vague plan because they've sort of been hyping it up uh, this season as, you know, the war for New York is here. But it turns out what their actual plan is, is to dig a hole in New York to harvest the bones of a dragon so they can have more substance so they can live forever. They really have no plan not for pl- New York. That's not a plan for New York. Like, <laughs> yeah, anything it- that would happen to New York is incidental for their yeah. wishes to live forever. Yeah. And I think immortality in and of itself is not an interesting motivation. You've got someone like, say, Voldemort in Harry Potter, and what does he want? He just wants immortality as well. But the reason he's so interesting is because that's not the main focus of like Voldemort and the Harry Potter kind of thing. That's It drives a lot of his actions, but it's not what we're focused on. And Voldemort, at least, is a formidable villain. Yeah. You know, he's scary when he's on screen. You understand what the stakes are. Yeah, he's scary. Yeah. These hand people, they're not scary. Yeah. I don't know how to explain I mean, it. I mean, talk about unfocused. Yeah. They, they just, they have no idea what their plan is, what they want to do. Yeah, and we can really pin this down in a tangible way in regards to Electra. Yeah. Because they use the last of this substance elixir to resurrect her, it's sort of revealed. And she's back. And not only does Sigourney Weaver, who's like the head of the hand, have no real grasp on her. No. At all. At all. But the other fingers of the hand are like, 
the black sky is your thing. Why, why did you do this? So yeah. even they don't really know what's going on. <laughs> I like that we're just coming out, <laughs> coming out with criticisms. We are, because this is the thing that I really want to pin down so I, yeah. like, I don't gloss over it. Because Definitely. it's fundamental to why the show is so weak overall, despite the abundance of things that I really liked. Not least of which is the actual defenders themselves interacting. But even then, I thought that had some problems, which... Should we shift to the defenders for a sec? Let's finish. Let's follow through the hand thread. Yeah. I think the black sky, Electra itself, is a physical manifestation yeah. of essentially the main plot issue yeah. with the season and the logic issue with the hand as a threat to our heroes. Because, yeah. look, the way that Electra has been built up, the way the black sky has been built up in the first two seasons of Daredevil, you're like, holy shit, she's going to destroy the city. Yeah. You know, she she's going to have so much power yeah. that he's going to be such a huge threat to everyone. But what ends up happening in this season is that, oh, she's just like kind of fast and kind of stronger than everyone, but not really. You don't really gauge the level of that because... It's kind of inconsistent because yeah. the f- when you see her fight Luke Cage, like she punches him and he goes flying across the room and you're like, wow, she's really powerful. Yeah. And then there are scenes where Jessica Jones punches her and she like, she flies across the room. Yeah. She and- just kind of hits Electra with a car, Black Sky Electra, yeah. and she goes flying. She should like crush that car with her foot the way, yeah. how powerful they've built her up to be. They re- keep telling us how awesome the Black Sky is, but they never show us how big of a threat she should be beyond you know, Electra's normal skill set. Yeah. And um, the problem is also sort of the intrapersonal drama because yeah. I never know, like, how Electra feels about being the black sky yeah. beyond she's lost her memory. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, her struggles with being the black sky doesn't matter because they make such a big thing about how it's not Electra anymore. But that's bullshit. It's literally Electra. Like, yeah. nothing about her has changed. Yeah. In, in the end, she regained her personality. Yeah. And kills, <laughs> so, no less, the person who brought her back. Yeah. And I've noticed that with this vagueness, the writers have hedged their bets in a way because they... The point, the person who brought her back was Sigourney Weaver's character. Mm-hmm. And immediately when we're introduced to her, she's confident and powerful but we also see like a real vulnerability because she's diagnosed with cancer like that's the first thing we see her yes so obviously we're positioned a bit to feel bad for her also because it's Sigourney Weaver you just naturally kind of like Sigourney Weaver yeah and there's sort of this backstory of Sigourney Weaver having lost her daughter like centuries ago and she believes that having the black sky would be like that's her purpose is to raise the black sky and have her like her daughter. But that's kind of vague still. But they're using that vagueness to justify the overall vagueness of what the black sky can do. Yeah, they want to still maintain like an air of mystery. Yeah, but they don't do that well because it just raises so many questions yeah. that I'm confused yeah. still what the black sky is even though it's been a thing for like three seasons of television now. Yeah. Same with the hand. It's a symptom of a problem with the hand is the black sky yeah daredevil did such a good job at building up the mystery around the hand yes with madame gao you know madame gao has always been the crux the hand figure yeah and um daredevil did such a good job with building the mystery around that society with her yeah and um in some ways it's kind of a no-brainer that they should have made her the leader of the hand in the my actual opinion. leader yeah, that's what Be- i was thinking yeah because too. uh there's just some kind of like the actress who plays her too is this just she has the right kind of personality and the right mix yeah the right temperament she's calm she's yeah. cool um and and but also and, ruthless you yeah. get real ruthlessness from yeah. her as well she literally had a group of people who blinded themselves to be in service of her. Yeah. So you, you obviously know she's very charismatic yeah. as well. But um, she has been relegated to kind of a sidekick character in, in this group of... In mm-hmm. this, you know, like five... <laughs> you assume to be formidable villains. And uh, I have to say, I'm kind of let down by Alexandra as a villain. Yeah, as a villain, she's... Terrible. They've wasted Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Anyone could have played this character. Yeah. yeah. Because, and she, yeah. she gets the fake out, 
the villain dies halfway through thing that happened in Luke Cage as well. Yeah. Like, it was the same kind of thing that happened. Except in Luke Cage, it was more impactful. It actually was, because you see Cottonmouth actually being a threat. Yeah, and it's also so grounded in the characters. Like, yeah. they've set it up, you know, even though it's a sudden death. But yeah. it's a death that we also could kind of see coming. And it was a huge emotional impact when Mariah... Is that her name? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah like, Black Mariah. Yeah, yeah. kills him. You yeah. Know? There's so much emotional weight to it. Yeah. But with Alexandra's death, you're just like, oh, finally something interesting is happening. <laughs> I'm just relieved that she's gone and Electra's back. Yeah. Which I, is yeah. not really how you should feel. Exactly. At that point. Exactly. It should be like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know? I got excited because I was like, okay, at least we get Electra's personality back into the show. Because the show was really needing it at that point. Yeah. I think something like that. Like someone who was just besides jessica jones who is like really enjoying themselves yeah and i think the problem is is just it's fundamentally compromised because they've tried so hard to make alexandra sympathetic because the hand as an idea is like very cartoonish and sort of at odds with this street level thing they're trying to do so they want to dial down her cartooniness but you do that too far and she's not really a villain like she's just a puzzle piece she, to the plot yeah she seemed like an idiot actually at the yeah. end you know they tried to play her off as cold and mysterious but what she comes across as is dull yeah and you're just like you know and it would have been fine if you know with her flat affect if she is actually kind of planning something on the side yeah but her whole plan hinges a hundred percent on the black sky which ultimately backfired on her yeah it just made her seem like an absolute idiot yeah exactly and you know there's the idea of the hand which is i want to just go back to the source material for a second because i think this sort of this is where they work in the source material they're just sort of off to the side yeah like they're never a focus yeah like when they're used it's usually means like kingpin is hiring them for a job yeah. or something but their vagueness and their mysteriousness works for them because it's like cool window dressing yeah. to like a conflict. But yes. the conflict is never Daredevil versus the hand. It's not, even though that happens, it's not like the main story point. But by making them the main story point and not fleshing them out and like actually laying out the groundwork of who they are, what yeah. they can do beyond like criminal conspiracy wants to have an influence over everything like how far does that influence go i have no idea well clearly not very far it's not that far because <laughs> the world they've set up in these netflix shows is like really not different than what you'd see in normal world so yeah. it's like what do they do what's different exactly. what, what's the threat beyond them getting an elixir which will inadvertently earthquake new york to rubble you know yeah. that is a big problem and if you're a main leader of a mob syndicate yeah with overarching influence across you know the world yeah you are not the ones that are there on the ground to fight literally your intruders. at and literally at the yeah. plan like yeah the you site. are not there okay yeah. if you're smart at all like it just doesn't make sense it's not congruent with what they've been set up as if they've been set up as these really smart ultra villains yeah with hidden influences across the world yeah and with nefarious plans what or whatever with thousands of years of knowledge yes and they're stupid enough to go hey let's all, all four of us fight off the defenders and let's in convene this building the same building in where all this, of us could just die where they could kill us easily yeah when they're like vulnerable yeah like especially they when it's them at their most vulnerable yeah it, it's dumb. And then a uh, second kind of component to this is another one of their goals is they want to go home to Kunlun or they want to go to Kunlun, but it's like, we've not seen Kunlun. Yeah. The, I don't know what Kunlun is. <laughs> it makes no sense. This is where sort of the Iron Fist problem has actually really kind of infected the defenders. And I'm yeah. not just talking about Iron Fist himself because in the context of the group, it's fine. Like, it's whatever. I, yeah, I'm past yeah. it now. Like, I've accepted what he's doing. He's doing the dumb puppy dog thing. He's the scrappy dude of the group. Whatever. But I mean the sort of the story point of Kunlun and the hand. Yeah. It can't carry over because they never set it up in Iron Fist. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's compromised from the word go. And I think that's symptomatic of them rushing to this show, the Defenders. Yeah. Like, they haven't had time to reconfigure the reaction to Iron Fist and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, okay, how can we do this so Iron Fist is not literally the key to this story? Because <laughs> yeah. he is the key, like, <laughs> he to is. knocking down the wall and getting to the dragon bone. 
And, you know, I think if they had, they just waited off a little bit and just waited for audience reaction and just themselves to, like, go over it and be like, okay, how can we, you know, fix this so it's not focusing so much on yeah. this weak story point that was never really developed in the first place. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I've got to say about the hand. I don't think they should be main antagonists. I don't think they will be anymore. Yeah, I don't think they will be because yeah. I guess supposedly they're all dead well if daredevil survived then you know madame gal is like yeah probably i mean i hope madame gal survives if they're going to bring back the hand bring they back should, a good character yeah so I, I think they should make her in charge of it yes next time like a reconfigured hand yeah like, like she's can, it's built... an opportunity to reboot it if they want to do yeah. it and maybe don't shift the focus on them for like a whole season exactly i think there's an opportunity here for them to reconfigure the hand as kind of an offshoot of what madame Gao's vision of the hand would have been if everyone listened to her. I think yeah. that there's a good storyline to play there, especially yeah. especially with a villain that we grown to kind of like. Yeah, I like it know? very much. Yeah, yeah, and it, it'll be good to show like her development as yeah. a leader too, yeah. because no one in this season has listened to her. Yeah, and I, I think that's what that's led them to this. Yeah, <laughs> getting <laughs> really? blowed up in a building. Yeah. by a nurse. Yeah, <laughs> idiot, idiots. Yeah, you're right. Which is kind of a bummer that this season is really Iron Fist 2. Yeah, I'd say in terms of the Defenders getting overall focus, I think Daredevil edges out Iron Fist, but the main problems with the show are definitely carried over from Iron Fist yeah. in general. And I want to go to the... Should we go to the Defenders now as themselves? See what we yes. thought about that? Yeah. Now, leading up, you don't really see them actually even uh, convene until the end of episode 3. But before that, they do, like, an interesting thing where, like, if you've never seen any of the shows before this, which, why would you be watching this if you yeah, haven't seen the previous weird. shows? But yeah. they want to kind of get you up to speed on where each hero Characters is in their are, life, yeah. like, what they've been doing in the intervening time. And I think they do, like, a good job of it because it has, like, a really fast-paced energy to it. And, like, each segment has its own distinct feel. They overdo the hip-hop a little bit <laughs> in Luke yeah, Cage's intro yeah. to, like, this is black. <laughs> yeah. This is Luke Cage's show. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I don't know, this is yeah, very okay. on the nose, but all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it also just feels off like, oh, he's released from jail too. It just plays a bit yeah, like Yeah, because weird. it's like, that was such a huge bit at the end of Luke Cage. Oh, he's going to jail now, yeah. you know, after being a convict. And he's just out like in a second. Yeah. But they got to get him together, don't they? So they that's the thing to. about rushing this goddamn season. They have to like compromise on certain uh, story points from other yeah. shows. But um, yeah, I thought they did a good job of like, each kind of hero doing their thing like daredevil you know going to the priest again because i always like those priest talks yeah yeah and they do it they do one of those and i really like that jessica jones you know drinking and investigating like she does i thought it was kind of interesting how even defeating kilgrave hasn't fixed her problems yes i thought that was a good choice like she's actually pretty bad off still i like that she's gained a bit of a notoriety in new york she has yeah people are like oh she's the she's the one that killed that guy (laughs) yeah I really like that as well. And Iron Fist was just doing plot stuff, just looking yeah. for the hand. Suddenly he's, where was he, in Hong Kong or some shit? And just like... At the start, he was yeah. in like Cambodia it or was, something. It was the dumbest, like, they didn't know where to start with him. They didn't yeah. know how to kick this character off. So suddenly he's on a mission yeah. to hunt down the hand, essentially. Yeah, it's like, where was his focus last year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he's doing something. But... It's, it's as if a whole season of Iron Fist happened before. Yeah, that was <laughs> like a, the just, just a prologue yeah, or something to yeah. the Defenders. Because the last time we saw him, mm-hmm. he goes back to Kunlun and everyone in Kunlun is dead. That's right, it's disappeared or something. That's right, yeah, because he like, wasn't there. Yeah, there was blood and stuff. Yeah. And I think it was implied that they're all dead, which is kind of curious because the Han is always talking about going back there yeah and if they're not responsible who, for their how deaths, did they die yeah that's like, what i was confused so about many too. questions in the air that's just like shoved off i guess for this season you know i guess iron fist can compartmentalize howie i'm sure they'll answer that in the season two of iron fist that i won't watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure it'll happen then. i'm i'm so not interested in kunlan no i don't want to hear about it <laughs> yeah, anymore and i've no. never seen it isn't yeah. that weird yeah dumb <laughs> But um, they sort of do like an interesting, cool little stylistic choice where like each segment, they really emphasize the color of each hero, Yeah. which Jessica Jones had blue, which I thought was cool because 
in Jessica Jones, it's always purple. Yeah, I, yeah it, I like that. It kind of signifies that the kind of stronghold of the purple man fading away. Yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. And I liked it not because it looked very pretty. I liked the prettiness of it, but also because it sort of really emphasizes the idea that each of these guys, they're in their own world. Yeah. Like, they're really, they've got their thing going on. They're mm-hmm. not looking to be a team. And I think it's kind of a mistake to call this show a team up. It's more like a crossover of like four heroes because they're not really assembled as such. Their paths just converge because of this thing that's happening with the hand. And they sort of agree to deal with this and then go their own ways, which pretty much is what they do. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if they're not assembled like the Avengers, you know? Well, let's talk about how they got together, right? Their meeting, their fateful meeting. Yeah. We'll start with, like, Luke Cage, I guess, Misty Knight. Uh, She sort of tells Luke Cage that these kids have gone missing and sort of he goes to investigate because he's decided now, you know, I'm going to help people around Harlem, which I wish you did that in the first season of your show instead of fucking moping about. But anyway, it's good that you're there. And he finds this kid and he's tracking him and Iron Fist happens to be tracking a different thing, but it's to do with one of the five fingers of the hand who is this African warlord looking guy that's right yeah and they end up at the same place and there's like a misunderstanding where Luke Cage and Iron Fist have a kerfuffle they have like a really fun fight where like Danny Rand tries this stupid kung fu on Luke Cage (laughs) he just knocks him down with one punch and then he pulls out the iron fist and sends him flying that was a I think one of the better scenes in the season that was a good introduction to their meeting like and the f- their kind yeah. of partnership the follow up was great as well because they sort of explained to each other that they're coming at it from sort of different angles like you know Danny Rand is literally jet setting like a billionaire boy and Luke Cage is like really concerned with his neighbourhood so yeah. like he's aware of like levels of privilege that Danny Rand is just oblivious to because he's just like I must defeat the hand yeah this I think they ramped up Danny Rand's Iron Man-ness the season where he's like really embraced his rich kidness. Yeah, he's which is n- yeah, he's not dressing like a hippie anymore. Yeah. You know, he's not homeless and whatnot, I guess. Yeah. He's using his resources, which about time. Like, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Again, it took so long to get here, but I'm glad we're here. <laughs> yeah. So I did love their um chemistry and like their first discussion and all that kind of stuff as well. I think they played off each other really well. Yeah, because Luke Cage was talking about this guy with a glowing hand yeah to claire yeah that's right and claire's like i know who that is yeah claire's like oh great (laughs) (laughs) and she gets him in the same room it's like talk it out she sets them up at colleen's dojo yes and that's where they have their class Mm -hmm. discussion (laughs) privilege discussion yeah and um for a season that's had some like really pretty clunky dialogue i thought that's was great like yeah. how they handled that kind of stuff really well and it felt like very organic to the characters and stuff like it didn't call attention to itself yeah and so on the other side of daredevil and jessica jones because this i guess this season really is it's like twofers like luke mm. and danny jessica and matt like yeah. when they're splitting them up it's really good matt and jessica is my favorite partnership how I, I would watch the yes, hell out of a spin-off that's just the two of them i've been waiting for this so long because it is like reading the comic books it's straight from it and i'm like i can't believe it's like perfect how they're doing it yeah it's, it's terrific it's so good i want a whole season of them actually working on a case together that yeah. leads them into obviously something more nefarious but i want that season where it's him being a lawyer yeah her being a private investigator and them being like superheroes yeah i, I think as the netflix shows not do 13 hour movie structures yeah. and they just do like three parters and stuff yeah. they could totally do that you know like have matt in jessica's show for three episodes or vice versa yeah and like they can just be there because they know each other like why not take advantage of that I exactly that would be I really would... terrific yeah and they've established like a really good relationship i think mm-hmm. like at first obviously it's very antagonistic because Jessica's in jail for her investigation. Like, That's right. She just lucks her way into jail. She has shit luck still. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Jones. And Matt's in there to defend her because he's doing like pro bono cases now and stuff yeah. like that. And their first scene together is great as well. And also like their banter and dialogue and sniping at each other. Yeah, that was a really delicious character moment because you have Misty Knight interrogating Jessica Jones. Yeah. This was obviously a trailer moment. Yeah. You've seen that in the trailers, yes. but it's still kind of magical when it happens because yeah. she's interrogating Jessica and suddenly Matt barges in like... Jessica Jones, stop talking. Hi, this is over. Who the hell are you? My name is Matthew Murdoch. I'm your attorney. 
And he's just in there all confident and smiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just doing my job. Love it. I love this. Um, it, it felt organic. Mm-hmm. Unlike, in my opinion, the moment that the four of them ran into each other. Yeah, but, <laughs> that was sort of haphazard. Yeah. Though it led to like a pretty great fight scene. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, so they pretty much all four of them, the partners, Danny and Luke and Matt and Jessica, they dovetail all four of them at Midland Circle, which is where the hand is operating when they've got that big hole to dig the dragon bones and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so Iron Fist... Confronts um, Alexandra. Yeah, because he you know realizes that Obviously, the Han has been hijacking his company for a while now, and yeah. he finally finds the source of where they are, I guess. Yeah. And so he goes there, and then he barges into a meeting, mm-hmm. and he's like, I guess just openly threatening them, like, I yeah. will destroy you. Yeah. It's my destiny, you know, the usual Iron Fist bullshit. Yeah, his usual spiel. <laughs> and meanwhile, Jessica's investigation with just some dad who's, who's missing, like who's yeah. missing yeah. leads her to Midland Circle. Yeah. And was Matt just following Jessica? How did Matt end up there? I think yeah, I think he heard something cuz he knows Midland Circle from season 2. Yeah. Or season 1 or something like that. That's where they fought, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where the big hole was and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. So he ends up there and he meets her through some I can't quite recall it, but through some plot thing. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. Some, I mean it's not it felt forced. It yeah. felt very it's like, engineered okay, yeah, for them it's like, to meet there. Yeah, we have to get them all together now. Let's yeah. just get them there. And it just feels weird that they would all be there at the same time. Yeah. It's too like it's not as serendipitous as the meeting between him and Jessica and Misty Knight cuz that felt organic. Yeah. But this one felt like this had to happen because the plot needs it to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're running down the clock here. When yeah. are they going to meet up? So that's why that moment didn't feel as big for me. Like I kind of just thought, yeah, this is really cool action and this is fun. And oh, they're all there now. Yeah. It didn't feel like, yes, yeah, here when, they are. So this initial force and fight scene has been played. It's been teased in the trailers. Yes. And it kind of makes your imagination run wild as to what led them there. Yeah. In my mind, they've already been a team and know each other, and this was their kind of big moment to fight someone. Yeah. And I have to be honest, it was more exciting in my head. Yeah, yeah. Than to see it unfold. It's just like, oh, you're just meeting each other for the first time randomly. Yeah. You know? And in such a way where, like, it's during an action scene, so they can't really do the proper introductions and stuff. It's just like a quick one-liner. Yeah. They're all together now. Yeah. There were some like good moments in it, like when they unload a bunch of bullets on Danny and Luke like turns yeah. around, takes it, and then Danny like activates his fist. I was like, that's really fun. Like I really enjoyed that. Well, yes, yeah, so Danny confronts the hand, I guess, and then Alexandra walks in. Yeah. And pretty much owns him. Yeah. yeah. She implies that she has killed Iron Fist before. Yeah. Right? And yeah. she's like but this time, I'm not going to kill you. That's what's different. Yeah. And then everyone gets out the little... These baton things? Yeah. And he <laughs> grabs a woman. Mm-hmm. And Alexandra's like, oh, they're going to cut through her if they have to. <laughs> that, yeah, I liked that line, actually. I felt, I felt I bad good. for the girl. <laughs> that was, I was like, I kind know. of felt a bit relieved when he just shoved her out of the way. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they would fucking fuck her up. Yeah, <laughs> you give your life for this, you know, shady organization, and this is how they repay you. Yeah. By, threatening to cut through you i guess they're all ready to die that's like part of being a death cult (laughs) i think that's an interesting idea now that i think about it where all the lower members are like completely ready to die and give service to the hand but the actual leaders are just cowards who just will do anything to live forever yeah but not really explored that much in the show but i doubt their motivation was anything beyond Oh, we just needed people here. Yeah, Like, yeah. I don't think that was what they were thinking of. Like, they're not thinking of, oh, the theme of really devoted followers and really cowardly leaders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, they don't really explore that <laughs> yeah, that much. Yeah, exactly. So, they almost start shooting at him and suddenly... Luke Cage breaks through the wall, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, breaks through the wall, that's right. <laughs> Dog goes flying. What an entrance. Wrecking ball, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends up there because the guy died who was trying to protect, and he goes to the mother, and he sees, like, a Midland Circle thing or something like that. Yeah, that's right. But, um, yeah, they have that fight, fight, fight. I know it was kind of a nice, iconic moment where they both stood side by side, yeah. and, like, 
started bracing themselves, but to me it was just kind of cheesy. It was just it like is cheesy. cringy. Yeah, but I, I liked that kind of cheesiness. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm in for this. Less fucking uh, boardroom meetings and shit, and just more of this if you're going to do it, because, yeah. you know, whatever. There's another cheesy moment, but we'll get there. Yeah. Anyway. So Electra shows up, and she fights them as well and stuff yeah. like that. And then Daniel Rand does his Iron Fist whammy on her. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Wait, let's not skip past the part where Matt gets, like, Jessica's scarf. Yes, that's right, to conceal his identity yeah, and stuff. And, yeah, just yeah. great partnership. Yeah. And they bicker the whole way up. Yeah. I even liked the little bit better where she says she saw him do his daredevil parkour thing. Yeah. And he's like, how? And she, like, says... And without hesitation, he just smashes her camera. Yeah. One motion. <laughs> so good. Always on the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so sharp, this guy. You yeah. gotta get one over him. Even if you catch him doing some foolishness. Yeah, and then once we get to the infamous hallway scene... Yeah. We get that little moment of Luke and Jessica like, Hey, uh... So what's, what's been, been what you been doing? <laughs> yeah. What's up? Which, I was sorry. I was underwhelmed by... Me too. Big, Me too. If only because, like, I was really emotionally involved in their storyline yeah, in Jessica yeah. Jones season one and for it to be like really super casual yeah it now. was really blase yeah like, like as if the history between them isn't like substantial really heavy yeah you I, know? I think it's yeah. because they want to play up this relationship between Claire and Luke that yeah. they can't give this that much weight but I also think that this Claire and Luke relationship isn't... I'm not buying it. Neither do I, to be honest. Because you're also ignoring Claire's relationship with Daredevil. They're in the room a few times this yeah. season, Matt and Claire, and they're not, like, saying a word Z- to each there's other. There's zero acknowledgement like, of each other. It's like... They're, you, like, friends. Yeah, you, know? you, you guys <laughs> were weird. the OG, like partnership yeah you had a little thing for a yeah. while and you know you still talk why yeah. wouldn't you say anything it yeah. was, it was it a bit was, strange uh, yeah anyway it was a bit of a missed opportunity a bit like the season overall i guess mm-hmm. but um after that hallway pretty much straight away the next episode carries them still on the run because you know they made a big splash there yeah and they end up at this uh, chinese restaurant called the royal dragon yeah and that was probably my favorite episode of the whole season, if only because we finally get to see them talk to each other and they're really good. And they see the color dimensions in the <laughs> Chinese restaurant just full flaring everywhere. Yeah, I know? like that. It's very, it's gorgeously yeah. shot. It was very lovely. And it's like, it makes sense that it's sort of in a weird way that it's a Chinese restaurant as well, because I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a Chinese restaurant is almost like a New York signifier yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. So I thought that was very appropriate. And I've laughed when like Danny Rand just outright bought the restaurant <laughs> so they could have a place to hide and eat. That's right. Yeah. And you know, the show slows down with all the plotty hand shit for a second and it just really luxuriates in these guys hanging out and eating and going through their shit and stick yeah. shows up as well, which is pretty fun. That's right. To um, bring them up to date on the plot details. Yeah, but I have to say the crux of a lot of their argument, which is their kind of distrust for Daredevil. Yes, uh, it doesn't make much sense to me. Like it just doesn't seem again th- like th- organic yeah. for me that they would question him that early, yeah. especially with Stick there. And it's as if they recognize the four of them are the main players and Stick is a side player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it seems like they're treating Matt as, like, one of their own who, like, is keeping shit from them. When, you know, Stick is doing exactly the same thing, but somehow the group just realizes, oh, Stick is, like, an external, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's because... There's such an obvious weird thing about Stick as well. He's like ancient. He's yeah. missing a hand. He's got a sword. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. Matt is sort of acting shady because he insists on keeping the mask on. Yeah, and he's that's true. he's acting all twitchy, like he really wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, and like it's just a personality clash as well. Like I think Matt just fucking clashes with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's something just about who he is. But um. They have pretty good reason to distrust him later when he's like, you know, really focused on trying to get Electra back as well. So I guess they were just trying to set up some kind of conflict there. Yeah. But um, I really enjoyed that episode. And then afterwards... Jessica Jones leaves, right? Yeah, she does. She's like, I don't want anything to do with the hand yeah. and this ninja shit. Like, it's not my game. Yeah. I'm an investigator. I love all her quips about ninja stuff, like magic shit. Like, yeah, and someone... I think Danny Rand calls him the hand and she's just like, what are they really called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Love yeah. Jessica Jones. I think she's like a good voice to have there yeah. to sort of keep it grounded and funny and stuff like that. Yeah. There's also sort of a problem, which we'll get back to this episode. As it goes on, you kind of realize... 
Yeah, Jessica Jones doesn't really belong in this superhero-y world thing. Like, she should be doing investigative yeah. stuff. Like, that's just where she functions best as a character. But that's the thing, though. There's a way for them to naturally integrate her into the storyline, but they focus too much on this mystical bullshit. Yeah. Like, the grittiness of the Defenders, especially when Daredevil and Jessica Jones were introduced poses a really unique kind of opposition to the Marvel movies where it's like you get to have storylines that are more grounded in reality. Yeah. I don't mind a bit of mysticism, but they've really doubled down on this to an extent that there's a reason Jessica Jones feels kind of shoved in there because it's off balance. Yeah. You know, that's not their thing where she's just a punching machine and a quip machine at that point. Yeah. Like, I don't know really how this is pushing a character that much. Yeah, exactly. I think there's just... There's a way to do it. There is, certainly. But I think they just took a really easy way, which is just to make her a physical match for the hand and a quip machine. Yeah. You know, I don't think they really thought through of how can we extend each of these characters' storyline until... Because she ends the Defenders in literally the same place she began. Like, drinking at a bar all sad. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Yeah, you could just go straight to Jessica Jones season two and, like, you didn't even have to watch any of the Defenders, I feel like. Maybe that's the point. Like, that's on purpose. Just because they don't want to muddy up the people who are not watching the Defenders. That's true. And I think that's just sort of why it's so difficult to do something like this right where you're trying to get everybody. But there's also the fact that, obviously, this will inform Daredevil season three pretty heavily. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, because there's a massive thing at the end with Daredevil's character. What happens to him? What doesn't happen? What people think happened? And, you know, that's going to be, like, a good thrust for season three. You put the kingpin and bullseye in there and you've got something interesting, I think. But with Luke Cage and, you know, Jessica Jones and I guess, wait, Iron Fist, sort of as well, he gets some kind of growth that I liked. But really with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, you feel like how far out of their element they are in this show. Yeah. And they're just sort of there to be there like yeah. hey it's good to see them and hey they're talking with Matt Murdock and stuff yeah and I just they also had a missed opportunity with bringing them together in a more kind of emotionally charged way yeah because obviously look Claire Claire is a main connector between all of them yes. and I feel like it's a missed opportunity to not use her as kind of the catalyst for their meeting you know like imagine a scenario in the season where Maybe Claire and, I don't know, Karen Page or someone like that. Yeah. Investigate into something deeper. You know, this horrific thing happened with her hospital. Yeah. Maybe let's double down on that and, you know, let her go in too deep with her, like, singular fight against a hand. Maybe she goes in over her head Mm -hmm. and gets in trouble and everyone has to save her. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone has a meaningful connection to her. Yeah, yeah. And how amazing would it be if they all came to get her at the same time and they're like wait who are you are you a bad guy and yeah. maybe like they fight each other thinking yeah. that they're the bad guys yeah yeah i pictured that in my head and that's such a nice through line to bring them together and but it, I, it makes yeah. her a bit more than like an easy way to get them to see each other yeah. like oh you know this guy okay because i met him that one time like <laughs> yeah. that's that's sort of how claire functions in yeah. this season as it's well. just like oh i see your mutual friends on facebook yeah it's like that's it yeah that's like that's all she i mean i kind of like that she did some stuff at the in the last episode because i thought for sure they were just gonna like ditch her yeah and not do anything but um there's sort of a change after episode four i noticed as well and i don't know if it's just i'm just reading into it or whatever but a kind of weird cheapness seeped into the production, it felt like. <laughs> really? Yeah, I just <laughs> had a feeling like it lost... They didn't even really use the colour sort of element anymore. And, like, a lot of the episodes were set in, like, police stations yeah. and hospitals. That's dumb. The whole police station thing is kind of stupid. Yeah, it was just, like, that... killing the momentum. Yeah. The only thing I really liked was <laughs> they finally get out of the police station and they're like, you know, how are we going to get here? To the big battle, we have no money. And, like, Jessica Jones has a train card. <laughs> that was a great moment. They can all use. And, yeah. you know, they have to get on a train. I love To that. go to the battle. I'm like, that's good because you're really le- leaning into, like, the relatable aspects yes. of these people. Which yeah. is, they don't have, like, a lot of money. And to get to a big thing, they do have to take the train and stuff like that. <laughs> I thought that was very amusing. Yeah. But just sort of having them all in this police station and nothing really coming of that in the last episode. It just felt like it was dragging 
the momentum down for me, like to get to the big threat, I guess. Yeah, it it happens with every season of these shows. Yeah, I don't think the episode number really amounts. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like you can have eight or 13. There's still some fundamental pacing problem, which I think they have to address. Definitely. These Marvel Netflix shows really heavily depend on the binge watchiness of it all. Yes. And they don't really structure their episodes as individual episodes. Yeah, for sure. So that's you know, why you get that stretched out yeah, feeling. Yeah, that's what you feel like you're watching a really long movie. The Defenders in particular felt like it could have just been a solid two-hour movie. I like agree, Netflix, I agree. Netflix original movie, The Defenders, yeah. two hours. And I'm like, just keep it like that because yeah. you're not really getting that deep into character development exactly. stuff. Exactly, not it's just, at all. It's a lot of busy plot shit going on and characters yeah. that won't matter in the next shows just keep it as like a fun breezy two hour thing yeah and it's like a fun little thing and then they go back to their own shows yeah there's nothing going on plot wise you know it's not no. that convoluted no they have to it's come very together and fight the bad guys fight the bad fight the yeah. things that are gonna blow up New York yeah it's just that they've stretched it out like you know 10 episodes is too long still yeah and that's where you get all the deflating police conversations yeah. like with Colleen Wing feeling useless and stuff like that Colleen yeah Colleen's character is just oh I was once part of this group and I'm now not part of this group yeah, now, and she yeah. it repeats that every time she's on screen and you're just like yeah uh, we got it it's like, like that's all there is to her yeah and it's weird because I feel like even her performance suffered this season as well. Yeah, she has nothing she, to work with. She was better in Iron Fist. She was. She had, it felt like she had more layers. Yeah. I don't know. In this, it just feels like very more cartoony than even, you know. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is kind of disappointing because that's what I was counting on to get me through the Iron Fist <laughs> scenes, to be honest. All the side characters really got a short end of the stick, really. Yeah. Especially, you know, towards the end, that scene with Misty Knight, Claire, and... Colleen, yeah. fighting Colleen's Bakudo. ex. Yeah, what's Bakudo? Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible scene. Like, yeah. how it ended, where it led, it was all so BTV-esque, you know? I yeah. felt like I was watching Arrow. It was. It was very CW. Yeah. Like, in particular, like, the last episode, I felt like. Yeah. Save for one sequence, which I liked. But we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, I know what you mean. That's what I mean by, like feeling like there was a certain cheapness in the latter it, half of the show. Yeah, definitely. Wait, I feel like, wait, they just ran out of money. And yeah, now or like they just rooms. gave up. They just yeah, gave up. It's like, let's just get through this show then. Yeah. I think that's just because they didn't have the most solid foundation to work from. And as that goes on, it obviously kind of deteriorates. Mm-hmm. You know, no compelling villain. Oh, blow, blow up the building. Yeah. Blow up all of them in the building <laughs> with the bombs. Okay, <laughs> that's the most disappointing thing of this season of The Defenders is that really... Your your point of difference is that you're the street level heroes, and do we really, do we absolutely have to have your big finale be a building crashing down? Yeah, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, and it oh, didn't. It's frustrating. And they did it, and it didn't look good no, either. Like, no, it was bad. <laughs> the CGI was bad. It's like, why do this if you can't afford this? Like, do something else. The re- and it's just so clunky their reasoning for them to blow the building down is to kill the four people yeah it, it's like why do I, you have to I understand it but it, I also think that it's kind of dumb and it's like aren't you putting a lot of people in danger doing <laughs> yeah. this like it's really reckless <laughs> and like literally you cannot be sure if they would die if you blow up this building yeah how do you know that they don't have a way out yeah you've and seen clearly you've seen one of them use like powers and yeah. stuff like madame gal like telekinesis and shit like there's that. no way you could guarantee that yeah and it's like you're all just gonna die in this building uh it, it's disappointing yeah it's very disappointing yeah i think that's sort of the key word to it but in the last episode where obviously like electra's been back for two episodes or so and she's trying to use Iron Fist to open the wall. I, yeah, I like that scene where she provokes him and then he gets the fist out. Yeah, yeah. And then she just like she just uses flicks him yeah. into the wall like effortlessly. I'm like, fucking yeah, I love it. I love it because I hated Iron Fist. So yeah. like, <laughs> make, just... make him look like a punk again. Yeah. But um, the sort of the final scene between Elektra and Matt, uh, when they're fighting is like sort of the building is crumbling and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really good. I was really riveted by it, and I got, like, shades of Batman Returns, like, at the Mm. end of that with Catwoman and Batman. Yeah. Not in terms of just the dialogue and the situation or whatever, but just sort of the vibe of it. It felt, like, very, like, tragic love playing out. Yeah. (laughs) They just want to die with each other, it seems like. (laughs) Which makes it kind of funny when, like, after they think Matt's dead, 
everyone else is sort of like, you know, he loved this city. He died for this. Like, they didn't say that, but something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, th- that was a sentiment. And it's like, yeah. no, he just didn't want to be without Electra. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, why are you sort of changing? Yeah, yeah. Why are you making me, like, question what I just watched? Well, because they kind of set it up because <laughs> for some reason, out of all the people there mm. he whispers to um iron, iron fist. fist yeah oh i, I guess because he was the last one to go or something so he's like no, i got a pretty good idea but why he told him okay because he, he whispers protect my city or yeah whatever. because um luke and jessica are like clearly grown-ass adults doing what they're doing <laughs> and danny like wants to do good but his direction is bad yeah and you know he just needs like some kind of encouragement or something <laughs> so he's just like look so the, the devil's like Throwing him a bone. Look, you little idiot. Just protect my city. Like, just do something. Please yeah. do this. <laughs> and, you know, he's got that iron fist, which is very handy. Uh, I'm, yeah, sure. And um, I did like that final scene. It kind of followed through on that in an interesting way where in episode two, there was this shot of Matt Murdock perched on a building, like in his civilian clothes. Yeah. And they mirror that final shot with Iron Fist, and then he glows his fist, and he's like, oh, that's Iron Fist. Because it's I've, like the exact same shot, same pose, and it's like, oh, wait, there's Iron Fist. I was like, that's nice. I didn't like that because just the kind of foreboding, the foreboding nature of, oh shit, now the city is under iron fist like protection we're fucked <laughs> that's like, true if you think about it in that kind of way you're screwed <laughs> speaking of the actual i just want to get into the visual effects of the fist because this kind of bugs me yeah with how they do it and i feel like they could have corrected it in the defenders mm-hmm. they can't correct some things but they could have corrected this when he activates the fist it looks just too much like a salt rock lamp <laughs> like in its design <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. when he activates the Iron Fist, which he got by plunging his hand into, into the heart, heart of a dragon, dragon. Yeah. you know what the fist should look like? It should crackle with energy and yeah. leave like a vapor trail. Yeah, like that'd it, be cool. And it should look like it's warping the air around yeah. it. So like, it looks like if it hits someone, it would fucking destroy yeah, them. Yeah. But just this rock salt lamp fist, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look intimidating. No, it doesn't. It just glows. And it's actually not that powerful. Like... Uh, it just look, sort of pushes people really far. It, it makes no... Yeah, sometimes it doesn't make any sense because it, it breaks through walls, but then when it punches someone, like... They just go It flying. doesn't kill them they immediately. Should ab- they should, like, obliterate. Yeah. Because yeah. if it smashes concrete, like, a person should be dead. Yeah, and, you know, it, it still comes down to the fact that it's like, you know what? They don't need Iron Fist to do this. You know, for so much talk of Iron Fist being trained his whole life, that it's his destiny to defeat the Hand, it's kind of like, well, you're kind of the key to helping the Hand succeed. They turned him into just a plot device. Yeah. Like, he gets kidnapped, and then yeah. they have to use him for their plan. Yeah. Which I was kind of okay with, because fuck him. Like, I, yeah, I need him. I, I, I Get him out. I'm happy to have him out of the picture. If, it, if he's out for more Matt and Jessica scenes, for <laughs> yeah, instance, then... I'll take it. Good. Okay. Yeah. Just be a stupid plot device. Yeah, it just gives credence to the kind of muddiness of this entire Kunlun, the yeah, hand... exactly. Like, mysticism storyline. It doesn't track. It doesn't make any logical sense that Kunlun, the people who raised... Okay, they're apparently a bunch of competent monks that raised this person singularly to destroy the hand, and yet he doesn't know anything about the hand. Yeah, and it's like, why wouldn't they tell him yeah, anything? Yeah, this person will be in charge of destroying the hand. Yeah. And you decide to keep things from him? Yeah. And also, you've already like built an army that was really, truly competent in Sticks group. The Chased. The Chased. Yeah, that's right. And... What happens to them? They all die. Off screen. Do you know what sucks too? Because there's a bit in season one of Daredevil where Stick is meeting with this big guy. Yeah. And he's not credited, but like his name is Stone and he's Stick's sensei. Like this guy's yeah. really ancient. He's a really cool character. So apparently Stone has died We assume that he's dead. Because they're all dead. Like Stick yeah. says they're all dead. And it's like, couldn't we have seen that? Because that kind of comes to another problem of this is that you know, we get a sense of how old the hand is because Jessica Jones saw those signatures from 1890. And it's yeah. like, do some, like, flashback episodes like they did in Buffy and Angel where ancient vampire, like yeah. Angel or Spike or whatever, gets, like, a flashback episode and it sort of just helps you get a grip on they've been around for a long time rather than you're just being told certain things. Yeah. Because you can't take that at faith value because people have reasons to lie. So, like... 
you're hearing some exposition. You're like, is that right? Like, I'm not seeing it. Like, are they yeah. just manipulating someone right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of lost. I'm confused. <laughs> the picture of old Alexandra as well is so hokey. Yeah. It's just like... I was like, that's, that's, that's how you, uh, like, demonstrate how fucking old she is. Though, she did have a bitchin' costume design. I liked those <laughs> outfits she was wearing. Yeah. Yeah, and she had good taste in music with her symphony thing. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess, should we get to overall thoughts on the show now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay so, I think I'd just go back to what I said at the start, where... I was enjoying it while I was watching it, even though I was, like, pointing... Seeing problem after problem. Yeah. But... Something like this, they can't continue using the hand as a main antagonist. Yeah. They just can't. Like, it's not functional. Like, bring them back for other purposes, but keep them like, as a periphery. They, I'd rather that they don't, really. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Because I just had this thought watching this towards the end. I'm like, if Kingpin, if Wilson Fisk decides to take on the hand, he would win in a heartbeat. Yeah. And if that's what you're making me think, and they're the big bad of this season, yeah, you're not doing it right. Yeah, you know, like you've come up with a villain that's just ineffective. Yeah, and what I really want to see as well is because season two of Daredevil and the Defenders, Elektra, I've loved the performance and you know some of her lines and stuff like that, but she's really just felt like a tool for other people. Yeah, like in season two, she was just an agent of sticks. Yeah, and in this, she was just a tool as the black sky. Yeah, and when she was breaking free of all that and doing her own thing, she was really fun. So yeah, when she shows up again, just have her do her own thing without, you know, <laughs> being someone's puppet or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty interesting her discussion with Iron Fist at the end there, where she goes, "We both." have something similar. We've both been raised for a certain purpose that might not be what we want ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck this, you know? I'm taking control. And what you're doing is trying to stick to your destiny or whatever, but you're failing, like, hard. Yeah, so, like... Like, basically, piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you suck at this. Try something else like I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a good parallel to point out because literally she is, like, the hands... Yeah iron fist being a black sky yeah and he's iron fist or whatever yeah i like that was nice i like this perspective that electra has and i hope they remember this yeah i think so build on it yeah yeah i think when they have her show up again in like season three of daredevil or another season she should be like an independent assassin for hire like get back to the roots of her character and not have be attached with all this destiny stuff because i'm not really a big fan of it and i don't think it's really interesting I think it's just better when people just have, you know, their own motives for things rather yeah. than being told they have to do something. Yeah, I think if they want to do the Defenders again... Yeah, um, but who knows if they will, I don't think. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, well, look, this was successful, right? People like this? Yeah, no, this was the least watch of the Marvel Netflix really? shows, apparently. Yeah, like, it had a big drop-off. Interesting. Yeah, and I think, do you know what that kind of speaks to for me? is because I know some of my friends watch these Marvel Netflix shows, and... They don't watch them because it's a superhero show. I have a friend, her name's Kelly, and she loves Jessica Jones. She'll never watch, like, Daredevil or Mm, Luke Cage or Iron Fist, but she loves Jessica Jones. Yeah. And, you know, I have a mate, he loves Daredevil. He'll not watch Luke Cage or Iron Fist. So I think maybe this is just sort of some anecdotal evidence, but I don't think the crossover appeal with these characters is that high, aside from people who watch all these shows and want to see it happen. Yeah. And I think that kind of accounts for the drop-off a little bit, maybe, or, like, it not being watched as much. Interesting. Because I think the structure should have been focusing every episode on a different perspective. So episode one should have been Daredevil's perspective. Yes. Episode two, Jessica Jones. Episode three, Luke Cage. Yeah. And then maybe they all meet in episode five. By that point, we fully are ingrained into each and every character's perspective of where they're coming from. Yeah. But then trying to do their own thing separately for three episodes gave it this choppy feel. Yeah. Because like, oh, wait, now I'm here. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It, it, it was definitely... Okay, It was. this is like, I'd say, lower to mid-tier overall yeah, on the Marvel Netflix yeah. things. To me, it's sort of Jessica Jones, Daredevil Season 1 and 2, Go Low, yeah. The Defenders, Luke Cage, <laughs> and Iron Fist. Definitely. I think my enjoyment of this season is also tampered by my really high hopes for it. Yeah. You know, I was really excited coming in. I was too. And at the end of it, my reaction was... 
that was okay, and there were a few great moments, but I felt like I wasted my time. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, to I felt- get all these people together. Yeah, especially when you've got like aside from Finn Jones, these great actors like portraying. <laughs> These heroes, you yeah. know? Like, give them better material. I don't know. I don't think Finn Jones was, like, bad. He wasn't bad, but, like, he's obviously doesn't have the gravitas that, like, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock has oh, and stuff course, like that. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, he's not bad this season, actually, like, yeah. I will say. And I think it's because they leaned into his more lovable side Yeah. of him being sort of a dope who just wants to do right, and he's a bit headstrong. Iron Fist, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I did not like him this season also. like I mean, it yeah. kind of works, I guess. Yeah. I think the parts that were good were when the characters call him out on his yeah. incompetent yeah. like thinking. Yeah. Which, Especially with Stick, who's just like, okay, I'm going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a liability <laughs> yeah. at this point. I have to chop your head off. I love that. R.I.P. Stick. Oh, yeah. We what lost, a way to we go. Stick this season. Yeah. I really like Stick scenes yeah, uh, this same. season as well. You know, MVP of the season, I yeah, think. Yeah, Scott Glenn was like so much fun yeah. as this guy. And when he's talking about being in prison and having known all this stuff, you really kind of believe it. I don't know. Yeah. I think that actor does a really great job with him. Fitting into to be killed by Elektra. Yeah, I think so. I think that was very appropriate too. Let's do a quick round of who was your favorite side character in this season. Favorite side character? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, the one that you could tolerate? Uh, of all of them, I didn't... I didn't mind Foggy so much this season. <laughs> he wasn't as annoying. They were both pretty annoying, just trying to essentially still on Matt's Matt, case. Matt's case about, about the whole, like, stop yeah. being Daredevil thing. Like, guys, come on. Yeah, but um, I did feel for him a little bit when he thought, like, Matt was dead. Yeah. And he's like, I gave him the suit, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he feels like a guy who got his best friend dead and I, was yeah. like, I feel kind of bad for you and he's like I like the haircut he got finally got yeah, a he got, haircut he, he did he, and he seemed like a competent lawyer even though you didn't yeah. really see him do much lawyering this season yeah but thank god yeah just you know <laughs> get him on the periphery but and if anything really three characters just saved the show for me this season and I always loved watching what they were doing it's probably Electra, Matt and Jessica like, yeah anytime they were on even if it wasn't the best plot stuff yeah they did such a great job and Electra actually had my favorite scene of the season when she's like there's this really beautiful shot actually of her standing on a rooftop and you don't really know what she's thinking and she goes into Matt's apartment Hmm. and she's like touching some furniture with her hand and touching one with her sword yeah you know like it just kind of communicates so much about her character even when she's amnesiac yeah and she's just trying to figure out what's going on like there's still a core and you can still understand what's going on with her and then she goes into his bed, and that was really cute. Yeah, uh, that was really good, good yeah. scene. And Elodie Young really acted that really well as well. Yeah. yeah, I felt like they had a lot of material that would have made a really good Daredevil season. Yeah, and not you know, but turns out by using it in Dirt Defenders, they just get like a really washed down. It's like Defender diluted. Season. Yeah, yeah. D- diluted. That's the word I'm looking for. Because you know for. they got to go for people who don't know anything about Daredevil, so <laughs> yeah. it's got to be a little bit like Diet Daredevil. Yeah, it's the Diet version of these heroes sort of coming together. Yeah, I think that's like a good way to put it. Definitely, because it's by the showrunners who did Daredevil season two. Like, I see. Where they're the um. That's in- that's weird. Focus. I think they should have gotten Drew Goddard to do it. Yeah, he only, I feel like he had the initial like vision. He did. Um, he did like the first two episodes of Daredevil oh, of okay. season one, and then he left to do a Sinister Six movie, which oh, never happened. Boy. It was a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, what a mistake. I hope he comes back sometime, though. I would yeah. like. He wrote an episode of The Defenders. I see. Like one episode. Okay. It would be cool if he came back in like a bigger capacity. Yeah, I want a good showrunner to oversee this. Yeah. Uh, like if they're going to do another Defenders again. They need someone who has a good grasp of all four characters. Yeah, and don't rush it. Don't be afraid to spend more money (laughs) on this season of The Defenders. It's not quite so shoddy looking towards the end of it. Yeah. But um, anyway, I guess we can still stick on the Marvel Netflix stuff by quickly going into the Punisher trailer. Yeah, I think at the same time that The Defenders was out, right? Like, Yeah, there was was, um, a A teaser teaser. trailer of him like, you know... There wasn't really much you could talk about really there. Yeah. It was just like a, oh, hey, Punish is coming. Yeah, and but, then the trailer came out a few days ago. Yeah, as of now, it was like, yeah, just a few days ago. Yeah. The one with the Metallica 1 trailer Yeah, that came out. And the few things I noticed at first was, oh, this is where that, that Defender's budget money went because <laughs> it looked very well produced. It looked good. It looked very nice. Yeah. 
And, you know, you get John Bernthal's pleasing, whiskey-soaked, gravelly yeah. voice as Frank Castle. If I have any sort of worries about it, judging by this trailer at least, a lot of this season will focus on, like, a conspiracy of they killed Frank Castle's family for, for, some, a reason, for right? some reason. Yeah. And in Daredevil Season 2, in the latter half, when he was, like, investigating that, that's when I didn't think it was as interesting. Mm. And it's kind of interesting about The Punisher because... Even though he could be just very one note, just angry white man who murders everybody, yeah. vigilante type that you see everywhere, when you put him in a revenge-driven storyline, I don't know, it's not that interesting to me. <laughs> he's not the revenger, he's the punisher. Like He should be in conflict with other people who have their own agendas, and if you make it solely about him getting revenge for his family, I don't think... It's terribly compelling. Hmm, I think that is where they're going, though. They seem to be like, yeah, well, this is an easy way to do a season of television. Yeah. Just make it... Uh, but I thought it was interesting that it's him versus the military, yeah. it looks like. It, not like criminals. Like yeah, yeah. It's kind of a Jason Bourne situation yeah. where it's like, oh, we've created the monster that yeah. is now coming for us. It seems like this season, they're going to try and do some sort of statement on the military-industrial complex and maybe, all that kind of stuff. Maybe. Because they've also got uh, his sidekick, Micro. Now, in it. Uh, yeah, Micro in the comics is the guy who supplies him with all the weaponry. And he's the guy in the chair, you know, like uh, Spider-Man, the guy in the chair. Right. Get, gets him everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, hey, um, Karen Page and makes got, an appearance in yeah, the trailer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cause I'm I, excited. Yes, I'm like... Right on, like, make uh, use of that sort of little connection they yes. had in Daredevil Season 2. I feel like Karen Page is kind of an untapped potential. I'm a sucker for journalist-type characters. Yeah, they and didn't use that advantage at all in the Defenders. Not like, at all. journalistic and, skills. And, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I got excited every time, you know, Trish... Which is, you know, I, I loved her in Jessica Jones. Yeah. When Trish, you know, kind of comes together with Karen, I thought, hey, maybe that we get us kind of side investigation yeah. kind of storyline no we didn't get that at all it was just a superfluous meeting yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it was just a couple of lines of dialogue yeah and then, oh, just like okay. just like oh who's that oh yeah now i know your name okay cool yeah, yeah it's just a, like pointless pointless yeah yeah, yeah just wasted yeah but um yeah i'm interested to see what she'll be doing this season because when they parted in daredevil season two she was like we're done like yeah. if you do that Thing and kill him like I'm not yeah. talking to you again so it'll be interesting to see like who initiates that meeting or if they get thrown together in a yeah. situation where like he has to save her or something like yeah. that yeah I would like to see her in a different dynamic than yeah. you know, her and Daredevil yeah yeah I think um, it will be yeah because yeah. you know maybe it's a romantic people. maybe it's a romantic yeah, yeah. possible yeah storyline for Karen <laughs> it could be some for Karen this season uh, Cage Oh no, that's too that's too close to Luke Cage. Yeah, it's exactly too close. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the thing that interests me most is the him shooting military people. But the thing that interests me least is just an idea of like a conspiracy and him getting like revenge yeah, for his family. His, yeah, his Kill Bill, his um John Wick. Yeah, because it, it makes sense because in these Netflix Marvel shows in their first seasons, they're sort of. They're not origin stories in the sense that they get their powers in the yeah, first season. Yeah, they're just like intro to the character yeah, stories. Yeah, it's like, just like, oh, they're just starting out. What are yeah, they going to do? Yeah, it's a pilot season. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like they're, they're thinking like, what do we do with this guy who just shoots everyone? And that's like yeah. his superpower. Yeah. I hope the answer is not some convoluted conspiracy thing. But if they do do it and it's interesting... Sure. Like, good. It's all in the execution. Like, it's in the execution. Like, I don't like the idea, but if you've got, like, a really good take on it... Yeah. ...and some interesting ideas you can play with, especially what gives me confidence is the micro guy who's giving him all the supplies and stuff. Apparently, in this version of the show, he's an ex-NSA member. Okay. Who's, like, okay. you know... And it's like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. You, know, you really... It seems like they are leaning into some criticism or some debate or something like that on the military-industrial complex, which is... A fucking huge problem with that country. Another big problem with that country is mass shootings, which you've got with the Punisher. Yeah. So you've got like something to play with, I think. Yeah. Like you can make something really interesting. Do you know who who's behind the helm? Uh, Stephen Lightfoot, and I don't know anything about this guy except he had a lot to do with Hannibal. Okay. He wrote a okay. lot of episodes with Brian Fuller, who was the right. showrunner of that right. show. And he's done other Promising. stuff here and there, but I think Hannibal was his most acclaimed thing. Mm. And also, by how they're photographing it, there's, like, a great shot of, like, John Bernthal's Punisher leaning over someone, 
and it's sort of a low shot and it's like they really know how to frame him i don't yeah. know they make him look like a beast yeah like towering figure. yeah and the costuming was basic but it looks i don't know it looks really good yeah i'm excited for it i gotta mm-hmm. say same They're, but i'm a bit worried that speaking of taking their time i don't think they took that much time at all to make this punisher season i felt like they jumped on it as soon as daredevil season two ended yeah and yeah. everyone you know upon the reception of the yeah. punisher they're like oh yeah let's do it yeah well i think a good thing is that they're not really obligated to follow the other marvel netflix shows as much so i think what pissed me off about them rushing the defenders is it's so much to consider going in the defenders with yeah. five seasons of tv that's you know. true that's, yeah. so with this it's like yeah maybe they've just got something you know good yeah and tv turnarounds are very quick usually as well yeah so all right yeah cautiously cautiously optimistic yeah we'll see how if it has like the usual pacing problems of netflix shows and stuff like that yeah but um i hope they have a good villain for him as well it'll be interesting to see what a good punisher villain is because you know he murders everybody yeah i would like it to be someone who's not brute force no to um, counter his yeah they've got the guy who's playing a guy called billy russo and he's a recurring punisher antagonist and he was like a fellow soldier in Afghanistan. Okay. He's in that quick shot of when he's walking away from some explosion. The yeah. Dude with the beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That's he looks right. like just a slim, regular kind of okay. guy. So yeah, brute force antagonist would be a mistake. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't really challenge him that way. He kills <laughs> exactly. everybody. Exactly. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, I am I'm looking forward to that. Um, All right. See how that goes. Exciting. Oh, well, yeah. How many stars would you give the season of Defenders? I'd give it three out of five. Mm-hmm. to me it's mm-hmm. about through like it's a six out of ten yeah yeah i give it 2.5 so five. yeah five out of ten yeah. yeah that's fair enough too yeah i think i'm just factoring in i enjoyed certain things even more so i was like why not bump it up a star yeah but yeah there was very sloppy execution overall which is kind of a shame yeah uh, it's a real bummer yeah but yeah hey hopefully they'll they'll learn from their lessons yeah learn from this giant viewer drop off yeah maybe that'll learn you something (laughs) reconfigure reorient some yeah look marvel netflix like you've got really good actors and you've got like a good tone thing going on yeah you got like a wealth of material to work with as well you know just take it easy with the rushing everything into production and just like hash out what'll make the most sense yeah for something you know don't throw it together so haphazardly I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sure you're listening to this, yeah. Mr. Netflix. Yeah, head of Netflix, whoever that is. Yeah. It's not Kevin Feige. No. <laughs> it's some some other person. All right. Yeah, I think that's that's it. That's it. That's it for us. Well, yeah, good to have you back. Yeah, this I'm episode. glad to be back. Let's, let's do this again yeah. sometime soon. Sounds good. All right, thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye. Okay.